0: What does it mean to be fruitful? And why does Jesus talk about being the true vine? And what does that mean for us and for the church to be grafted into him? Hi, welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart and I get to be the minister here. This week in worship I'm joined by Douglas and Anne. We're working our way towards our building being open for worship from the 9th of May. Attendance is limited by 2 meter social distancing, so we will have a booking system in place. You will have to pre-book, you can't just turn up. We can fit somewhere between 24 and 50 people in, but that depends on who comes and if people attend as part of a household or as individuals. To book a place, you need to phone Margaret McGregor on 01698 792552, that's 792552. There are still a few places left. You need to phone to book each week. If more people than we can fit in want to come, then we might ask you not to come every week to allow others to come. These online services will continue even when the church is open for in-person worship again. Here are the measures in place. We'll take your name and phone number for track and trace. You must wear a face covering at all times. There will be music, but no singing is allowed at the moment. You'll be shown to a seat. You won't be able to choose where you sit and there will be no cushions on the seats. The service will be almost identical to these video services. That means it will last for about a maximum of 30 minutes. At the end of the service, we'll ask you to leave straight away and not to gather and chat in the car park. More details about how to book and information about our safety procedures are on the website at st-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk. Our family quiz will be at 7pm on the 7th of May on Zoom. Details are on the screen and also on the website and Facebook page in the week running up to the quiz. The questions have been devised by Fiona and there are some for all ages. And as always, the Food Bank Collection is open between 1 and 2 pm every Sunday at St. Minions. Your help is always appreciated. Listen for what God is saying to us as Douglas reads our scripture for us today.
1: Reading from John, chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Jesus, the true vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes, to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples.
0: We can never go back to where we were before. But we tell ourselves all the time that we can. We want to get back to normal as soon as possible here's the thing. We've changed. All of us have changed. We've changed because we have all experienced a traumatic event. An event that continues around the world. An event that has changed all of us. And that's a similar context for today's passage from John's Gospel. The trauma of Jesus' trial and execution is just hours away. And it will be awful, both for Jesus and his friends. These are words of comfort for them. Words for them to find hope in for the dark moments to come. Abide in me. I am the vine. Stay connected to me. Rooted in me. It's only in me that you will be fruitful But the next few days of the story are the only ones that will be difficult for the disciples. They will face hardship and controversy, expulsion from the religious communities, difficult decisions, big calls on the way forward, persecution and even arrest and death. Things won't be easy for them, just as they haven't been easy for any of us over the last months. The word we so often use for getting back to normal is recovery. Recovery. But we all know that while recovery might mean healing, it doesn't ever mean that everything will be the same. We know that we might have scars, we might have different or limited ability, we might have pain, both physical and emotional, and we might have to change all kinds of things about our lives because of what has happened. At the very least, we will have the experience of living through the problem, the injury or the event. That changes us. There's an old proverb that says, you can never stand in the same river twice. The water that you stood in the first time is gone. But also the plants in the bank have grown. The stones in the riverbed have been worn over time. The change may be slow, but it's constant. As we're recovering, the world changes around us. We age, we experience, we learn, and so does everyone else. A colleague of mine was always keen to remind us that not changing isn't an option. Because even if we stay the same, everything around us changes. So our place in the world has changed, whether you want it to be or not. So when we use phrases like new normal, we're talking about that reality of what recovery really is. That we can never go back to the world as it was because that world doesn't exist anymore. There's a lot going on in today's passage in John's Gospel. It's the last of the I am statements. I am the true vine. As part of the long farewell discourse, where Jesus tries to explain what is about to happen both to him and to his disciples. So it's it's an intensely pastoral moment. But in the middle of all of that, Jesus talks about something I think we find really difficult to get our heads around, both in our own lives and in the life of the church fruitfulness. When Jesus speaks in this way, it seems clear that he's not just being pastoral, not only showing concern he's also issuing a bit of a challenge. Remain fruitful. In fact, be more fruitful. Despite all that's about to happen, actually because of all that's about to happen, remain in me and bear much fruit. We'll become almost immune to the litany of statistics that tell us what trouble the church is in, how many members have left this week, the point at which we just won't be viable as a congregation or a denomination anymore. It's depressing. And so, we just don't pay attention to it. And to a certain extent, the numbers, they're pointless. Numbers aren't everything we tell ourselves. Fruitfulness is about more than counting heads. And yes, okay, that's true. There are many ways to be fruitful, but numbers are something. Pruning is about promoting a higher yield of fruit. Branches that don't produce fruit are cut off and thrown in the fire because they use up the energy that could be going into growing good fruit. More fruit. Quality and quantity are both desirable, and preferably both together. So why is it that we get so worried about conversations about fruitfulness? Is it because we feel the judgment is about us? What if the thing we need to stop, the branch we need to cut off, is ours? I mean, who wants to be thrown away? Or worse, thrown in the fire? I don't want this thing that I've worked so hard for to be taken away. Oddly, we can be much more attached to that kind of idea than we are about doing some pruning in our own lives. We all know that there are bits of our lives that aren't what they should be. We could all be doing with a bit of gardening to get rid of the things that are unhelpful or or take away our own attention and, and energy away from serving God as we know that we should. So why is it so different in a different context? Just three years before this conversation recorded in John's Gospel, Jesus was alone as he set out in his ministry. He went to see John for baptism by himself. He went out into the wilderness alone. And then when he was ready, he started to gather disciples, 12 of them. So sure, numbers aren't everything. At least that's what we tell ourselves when they're low. But it's also true. I visited Cuba some years ago and met a minister who, with one member of his congregation each week, met for worship for years because it was just too dangerous for others to join in. We might have closed that church saying it's unviable, that it hadn't grown, that it had no plan for mission, but they met and they prayed for those who could not meet to pray. And people in that community knew that they were loved knew that they were prayed for, and and when the time came, they were able to return. And when it was safe, they did. They returned to what is now a thriving church. The fruits from those two faithful people is bountiful. What marks out the disciples is their fruitfulness. That's the evidence of their connection, their dependence on Christ. They and we can do nothing without him as our root. If we're not bearing fruit, then surely we need to ask ourselves some serious questions about just how connected to Jesus we are. Here's the thing: we know what good fruit looks like, and we know what an empty branch looks like too. We know that some plants like the sun and others the shade. We some like dry and others need damp conditions. The right kind of plant in the right place makes all the difference. Sometimes it's just that the plant needs more food or water or that the sun hasn't shone or it's shone too much or that the fruit is spoiled because there were no workers to gather it in. Our role in all of this, I think, is is about discernment. Working out prayerfully what God wants from us, finding out where God is at work in the world and joining in. After all, Jesus tells us that God is the gardener. He's the one who does the pruning. But sometimes he needs us to help. Pruning is painful. Our church building has been closed since the first lockdown and that's been hard on many people. But by being thrown into creating online services, we've reached others who have never been in our church building or who can't ever get there. New growth, fruit from something that was painfully cut and one we would never have made willingly. Certainly makes you think, doesn't it? And one final thought, when we complain that others should mind their own business and tend to their own plants, we're failing to recognise that we're all part of the same vine, rooted in Christ. We don't have separate vines. In fact, vines only grow and bear fruit if they're grafted onto good roots. So go and be fruitful. Put all of your energy into the places that God is bringing growth. And don't be afraid to prune, to relocate even but to always, always be grafted into the root that is
2: Christ. Let us pray. Jesus Christ, the true vine, in our need we come to you in weakness, needing your strength. For we too easily become dry and lifeless without your life-giving spirit. Jesus Christ, the true vine, Teach us to remain in you, and so to find your life flowing in us, giving strength and vigour to our discipleship. As we come closer to you, our lives are drawn closer to others. Our minds turn to images of violence we have seen on the news, in places of fear and terror, to where people are at loggerheads over race, religion and power. Our thoughts turn to Christians living with persecution who face danger simply for being linked with you. Father, prune back all that stands in the way of peace. Our thoughts turn to people in leadership and power who have decisions to make over the economy and the people whose jobs and livelihood will be affected. We pray for our nation and its leaders. May changes and choices be shaped by the values of your kingdom. On our hearts are people in need in our church and community. Whatever hearts are breaking, bodies are failing, minds are confused, families are ruptured. Lord, come with your help and healing. Here too, as your church gathered today, we give thanks for the saints of the past and the fruit they have borne in our community and beyond. Let them help us to remain in you, that we may be fruitful and bring glory to your name. Through Jesus Christ, the true vine who taught us to pray seeing. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors.
0: heart of the living vine. Let us go from here to bear fruit in the name of the true vine, Jesus Christ our Lord. We go with the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, this day and always. Amen. May the Lord
3: bless you. May the Lord keep